Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode from Equality in Business, our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics in a professional manner. My name is Inês, and I'm a master's student at Catholica business, business School in Lisbon and the head of the podcast department of our Equality in Business Student Club. And it's with great excitement that I introduce today's guest, Anna Lopes. Anna is a talent sourcing specialist at Cognizant, an American multinational corporation that provides IT services and solutions. In Cognizant Portugal, Anna is an active member of a diversity and inclusion group that focuses on four main pillars, LGBTI matters, cultural differences, women empowerment, and functional diversity. In this episode, we will be exploring the role of these types of employee groups in the organization, understand what type of actions can be promoted, and how you can start to have a similar impact in your organization, regardless of the size and structure of your workplace. A very warm welcome to Anna, and thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, as a, a little introduction ritual, we always ask our guests to complete two sentences. In the beginning of each season, we'll, we see what's being said and what are the most relevant topics in people's minds and make these two initial questions about it. So, Anna, as the first guest of our second season, I would like mm -hmm. you to complete the following. In regard to the importance of equality, the current COVID-19 situation has taught me that and movements such as Black Lives Matter mean to me. And yeah. Okay. Um, when it comes to equality in COVID, um, I think it's very obvious that it's more important than ever. Every time there's a crisis, every time that there is a, a pandemic like this one, uh, although, of course, it's not very common, the first thing that it does is to accentuate inequalities and bring forth the type of um, the issues that we have uh, within our society. And, of course, that's still... Um, that shows a lot when it comes to um, to employment and also uh, equality of opportunities in general. Um, so, for example, it, it shows who are the most vulnerable employees and uh, they are most vulnerable, for example, when it comes to their contract types or, or lack of contracts, for example, for, for immigrants. Um, and some of these situations uh, might be even more complicated because of uh, not being um, able to access, for example, um, a work permit, and especially now because of the precarious situation um, that my, they might have with SEF, for example. Um, when it comes to women immigrants, the situation can be even more complicated when it comes to, for example, situations of abuse. Uh, women are always more vulnerable than, than, than everyone else. So um, when it comes to COVID specifically, of course, as you know, we've been having a lot of issues when it comes to employability and um, companies just straight out stopped hiring. So um, as I was saying, it does really accentuate the, the inequalities that we have here in Portugal and of course all around the world, especially when it comes to global companies like, like the one I'm in. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your input. And now, uh, regarding the movements, Black Lives Matter mean to me? Um, I think it was, um, it took too long <laughs> to, to <laughs> start. I think it was very important and, and this should have been uh, happening a long time ago. Unfortunately, um, 
I understand that we are put in a, in a type of situation that we feel like we cannot change the system and we are not able to uh, to protest because then, as you can see, um, most people are usually um, demonized by the media. Um, uh, Pacific, um, basically, um, simple protests who are peaceful um, can turn into a more dangerous protest, so to speak, and that's used against uh, the movement itself. But um, I'm very happy that uh, Black Lives Matter protests have spread around, uh, around the world in the sense that it's due time that this actually changes, in, of course, in companies, but also in the rest of society. The, the type of justice um, that we have is also very unequal here in Portugal. Um, and of course, when it comes to police brutality, uh, I think that um, we... I'm more than sure that um, some very extreme things have happened. So I'm very happy that it started. Of course, it started a long time ago, but I'm very happy to see that it's starting to get more traction and more protests are um, are happening. But also, I hope this actually makes a change when it comes to uh, the, the insight that companies have on, for example, uh, black individuals that they hire. And of course, try to understand that this also applies to black women. This also applies to black trans people. And um, of course, not only black people, but it's supposed to, to, to highlight that, that there's actually a, a white supremacy uh, problem everywhere in society. And um, the fact that um, certain, um, certain groups of uh, um, of under uh, underprivileged groups don't have the the possibility of being a part of decision making is harmful. So um, I think that we should finally step up and uh, become activists. Not only, of course, in, in our companies, but uh, every time that uh, we can. Uh, thank you for input. Uh, mm. Let's hope this stays as it is or <laughs> uh, gets even better uh, yes. with this kind of movement. <laughs> The view on inequality in the workplace that you just shared with us is perfectly aligned with the role uh, in the employee group that I mentioned in the introduction. Mm -hmm. I know the group is fairly recent as it is mm -hmm. uh, only two years old, but since then it has achieved amazing results. Would you mm -hmm. like to elaborate a little uh, on the whole concept of the group and how yeah. it is organized in, and in general, what role does it play in your organization and even mm -hmm. in the society? Yeah. Um... Like I was saying, um, everyone has to have uh, um, access to decision making in the sense that uh, most decisions cannot be done by upper management or leadership, especially when it's about something as delicate and as uh, important as diversity and inclusion. It only makes sense that the people uh, who are most affected by these issues are the ones that are heard, are the ones who are part of decision making, and um, it wouldn't make sense for us to have a diversity and inclusion council who, who is away from most people. So although, of course, we uh, as a company, and I suppose that most modern companies also try to do this, is we try to hire as, as much diverse people as we can. Um, leadership is still very, very white, very male-centered, very cis-heterosexual. So if we actually want to say that we have a diverse company, um, of course, diversity and inclusion councils are very important, especially if we can make decisions from the bottom up. But we have to look at all 
parts of the company, all parts of society, and actually try to understand if what is the reason why certain groups aren't being included? Why aren't certain groups being able to speak? And try to understand and look around us, look at your team and, and say, is it, do we all look the same? Because if we are trying to make a difference and we actually want to participate in diversity and inclusion groups, the first thing that we have to do is actually look at our team and um, see what are we not doing? What else has to be done? And um, of course, it's very important to have a diversity and inclusion council, but of course, there's always back uh, work that has to be done in the background. Thank you for sharing that with us. And mm -hmm. in your organization with a high level of diversity, not only in terms of nationality, yeah. but also in terms of sexual orientation and gender differences, your group mm -hmm. seems to have a very uh, important role in making sure that everyone feels represented, comfortable mm -hmm. and well-treated. Am I correct? Yes, <laughs> completely. Um, of course, we, we are aware that uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, one of the main things that uh, we usually center in um, is um, LGBT, um, LGBTQ um, um, equality in the sense that the fact that we have a diverse, um, diverse audience, so to speak, um, doesn't mean that everyone is being included. Doesn't mean that, for example, if we hire someone who is trans, uh, the team leads, uh, the teams will be able to understand the reality of that person in the sense that, they, for example, when it comes to HR, the, their legal name, so to speak, what's actually in their documents, but might not reflect who they are. And um, of course, it's also up to the company to make sure that we have um, LGBTQ-centered um, trainings not only for, for the associates in general, but also for corporate functions. This includes, of course, HR, it includes recruitment to make sure that everyone is actually included, everyone is heard. And of course, it, not everyone has to, to join diversity and inclusion councils, but everyone has the right to make sure that their team and everyone around them is safe and is comfortable mm -hmm. and is able to do their job without anything anything that might harm them. Of course, this is the bare minimum, not being harmed at your own um, workplace, but this is the reality that many people face. So um, we try to have trainings in partnership with um, some NGOs. Um, so in, in, the, in the last months we have, we've had uh, training, especially for example, for the team leads. Um, we've wanted to make them more broad for everyone. But unfortunately, it wasn't possible due to limitations uh, when it comes to, for example, if you want to have a specific session, you only have, have the option to have around 15, 30 people there. And of course, we have uh, hundreds of people working with us. But we, we try to, at least from the beginning, from the moment that people enter the company, say we have a commitment to this. And as a commitment to human rights, which is the most basic thing that the company should, should, um, should commit to. So if the team leads, if the management see that from the beginning the company is committed to this, then they all will have to think twice before seeing something that might not be appropriate, so to speak. So we try to make that as clear as possible for everyone who works with us. And that's very interesting. And uh, <laughs> really, uh, especially the, the part where the HR departments uh, mm -hmm. start uh, right from the beginning, not 
yeah. uh, only when people uh, get in the company, but when they are applying, they are already being treated uh, fairly mm-hmm. and equally and they mm-hmm. are not being harmed. And that would be something that that treats them the, the yeah. right way. This is something, of course, that we mentioned before the comp- uh, person even joins the company. This is something that we say that it's very rooted in our principles uh, here at Colonism Portugal, that we have a diversity and inclusion council. But of course, we try to be as inclusive of everyone as uh, as we can so that the person can also see that the company they're applying to is a company that will protect them in that way. They, well, we understand there are some people who have been discriminated in Portugal, uh, in certain companies for their own uh, sexual orientation, for example. And um, we understand that um, this is one of the things they look for when they when they uh, are searching for new places to work in. They want to... The company will benefit from because people yeah. will want to work for the company. That yes, they... exactly. Specifically to development practices within the company and uh, they might be more focused on diversity and inclusion. It will always depend. But... Remember that you can always do something for yourself. You can also suggest things to HR. You don't have to actually create a group, but if you want to do it, try it. Try to implement some things. See if they work. See if the the, the company is actually open to it, even if it's just donations, which is something that is fairly easy to to um, to start doing. Mm-hmm. You can just uh, speak to HR. See if it's possible. Speak to your project if needed say that you want to do this, you'll take care of it. Of course, you have to take ownership of everything from the beginning. If you want it to work, then you actually have to make it work. Don't just suggest things and wait for others to, to start making it. Actually do it. And once it's successful, try something else and turn to HR, turn to your project, whatever you think is necessary, and say, we can actually start the group. There are more people interested in this. They actually want to participate. Can we do it? And most likely they will say yes, for all reasons possible. <laughs> And and that's really good. And uh, would you say that the process is the same for large companies and small companies or organization? Or what are the main differences that you can think about? A safe place. And of course, this is the bare minimum that we can give them. And if we can tell them from the beginning that this is a company that you can trust, because it actually is, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't. it, it, it's one of the first things that we he, even have to mention. But of course, we have to maintain that. And of course, like I was saying before, it's not just about attracting people, it's about retaining them as well. And people will want to, to stay in a company that respects them. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of measure, measurements of the improvements uh, after the actions were taken and even before, how do you access mm-hmm. their efficiency and with what tools or what are mm-hmm. the time intervals that you choose to measure yeah. them? Um, these measures, uh, measurements happen more frequently at a higher level, not so much with us, but we mainly use surveys at the end of each activities, for example, a mid-year to ask for ideas, assess um, some specifics. And of course, um, we have... Um, our head of HR in the Diversity and Inclusion Council is actually the point of contact. So everything that might happen in the company, for example, when it comes to discrimination, we are fortunate not to have uh, uh, cases uh, like that, but um, if anything happens, is the one who hears them. 
is uh, the one who is actually able to to say um, we might have a problem with this. Uh, Taking into consideration that we have a lot of nationalities, we might have to focus on this kind of prevention, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, our measurement is a bit informal, so to speak, um, due to the closeness that we have with everyone. And the fact also that the Diversity and Inclusion Council is um, is done from the bottom up when it comes to the people who are, are actually participating in the council. Um, this actually makes us be more cognizant uh, about what is actually happening in the company. Um, of course, we, we try to have some technical measurements, so to speak. Not everything is informal, but we do rely a lot on uh, hearing people, make them, um, making them actually join us um, in the council and uh, speak their minds freely. Uh, this is an open space, and uh, in case they want to say anything or if anything happens, we try to push them and actually um, ask them to... Um, say what they think that might happen or their specific concerns for example as women or as lgbt people to see how we can improve Mm -hmm. that's excellent and i think if the informal environment may uh, also Mm -hmm. help people to open with the others Mm -hmm. and with the council and probably you'll receive even more inputs yes if they want to report anyone we are always here and of course um if people aren't sure if they can go speak with uh, someone from corporate, we are all, are all actually in the same group. So we are above all co-workers, which I think is something that people don't remember. Um, just the fact that you are part of, of a different team or you're, if you're not part of recruitment doesn't, or corporate in general, doesn't mean that we're not colleagues. We are all part of the same company. We all share the same HR policies. We all share the same environment. So if you see something that you feel like it's going to harm you, for example, if you imagine that someone uh, told you anything sexist, um, if you are being discriminated for any reason, we have an open environment to make sure that you can just come to us and we can hear you. Even if it's just a rumor, even if people sometimes don't want to report it, which is unfortunately very common in some companies, and they feel like they cannot say anything about uh, a manager that's harassing them, for example. Um, even if it's just rumors, um, we hear them. And uh, of course, it's not something formal, as I was saying, but just the fact that we are there um, and we have a different understanding of how things are being processed and what, I, what is actually happening in the projects um, makes us be a, a lot more aware of how we can actually implement specific actions. And that's truly amazing. And <laughs> now talking about the impacts outside the organization, what actions <laughs> does your group promote? Um, for example, we had um, a partnership with an NGO uh, with people who have functional disabilities, for example, and uh, in partnership with them, uh, we had an uh, employability session where there's a series uh, around a full round of, um, of interviews with them so that they can um, be integrated in a company, actually go back to, to the market, so to speak. Uh, we also gave them um, a training on uh, how to use LinkedIn, for example, in case they want to market themselves a bit better. And uh, we are in contact with uh, other NGOs. For example, we've done uh, a donation. Um, basically, we just gathered some, uh, some goods um, like um, 
like food or clothes for the specific uh, shelter that was really in need before the pandemic of certain items. And, and they were starting their own apartment. So they, they actually needed things for the apartment. And um, we actually had some um, environmental initiatives as well. So we are present in a, in a, a lot of different uh, initiatives focused on the outside and local communities in general. Uh, I think we are all sold on the impact that you are having inside <laughs> and outside your organization. The, mm. the project that you mentioned are amazing and I think it's super important for people mm -hmm. even outside the company and even inside the, the company everyone will be proud of being part of your company for sure after seeing those kind of things uh, being done mm -hmm. the others uh, now the question is how can we as working individuals have the same impact in our own organization let's say I'm an employee in an organization that does not have these type of groups uh, already established? How can I get started to create them? And what mm -hmm. are the stakeholders that you would say are the key to have involved from the beginning? Um, you can always do something yourself. For example, um, it depends on the size of the company. It depends on uh, how your company is and what you focus on. But um, we have time to be an activist at all times of the day in the sense that uh, we spend eight nine plus hours at work so it's not like we can only do things in our spare time there's always a, a possibility to to actually make a difference with a tool which is your company um and you can actually speak to everyone make sure that for example as an employee what you need is being covered by the company if you feel like there's a need of uh, to establish for example um an lgbt group which is how many um companies start out in diversity matters this is something that you can do for example um we, we recently acquired a company and uh, one of the members one of their associates was um was interested in um in joining our diversity and inclusion uh project in the sense that they also wanted to create an lgbt group because they they were part of it in the past in other companies and saw that we have it So they wanted to learn from us, see how we develop, see how our network is, and try mm -hmm. to um, and try to implement it locally. So we have all of the the basic things covered, such as the, the logos, uh, the slogans, mm -hmm. uh, everything done. So it was basically just for them to to apply it. Of course, when we first spoke to them, uh, the the person in particular was uh, next to their um, HR person there. So HR is one of the main things that you can always con um, people that you that you can always contact in the sense that they are the ones who are actually responsible for the the employees in the company. So when it comes to diversity of the people who are there, inclusion of everyone who is there, that's always HR. Of course, mm -hmm. you can always have something. Uh, you can always have uh, uh, someone, for example, dedicated to sustainability and how we can act. Hmm. Um, it depends. Uh, sometimes for the traditional small Portuguese company, for example, they're not so uh, interested in that kind of, uh, of uh, impact, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, they feel like there's no need to have an LGBT group within the company. And there's nothing to, to, to talk about when it comes to women's uh, rights and so on. 
So there might, you might have a bit of conflict there. That doesn't mean uh, that you cannot try, for example, to, to work on um, other kinds of initiatives. Um, of course, you have to see how open everyone is to do it, but um, try to gather everyone in your company, even to do some outside things. Some companies like to register uh, for marathons and go as a group. If you start mm -hmm. having that uh, type of uh, team spirit in the sense that you all team up to do something, then it's more likely that you'll team up to, to go and do diversity, uh, start diversity councils, for example. Of course, councils is a thing that is very related to big companies, international companies. Um, the biggest companies that I know um, who are in our line of business, they have these pride networks. Um, and of course, if you see that you are part of one of those big companies and for example, your specific country doesn't have uh, um, a council for that uh, pride network, contact uh, who started the network, see if you can implement it where you are. Of course, always uh, see if someone is already trying to do that, speak with HR if it's possible to, to do that under HR as well. And um, there's always a way to do something. You don't have to have a, a formal group to actually do it. If you want to do it yourself, then it depends on your company, but it's usually probable. It's likely for, that you will be able to do it. Thank you for all your great examples <laughs> and insights on how to create a more exclusive workspace. Mm -hmm. uh, let me summarize your key message in a nutshell. So basically, uh, from what I got, it's the first step is to do something, even if it's small, yeah. uh, big. There's all, always something that we can do, even if mm -hmm. it's inside the company, outside with just one person, many people. It's just to take mm -hmm. action and think yeah. on about the environment that we are at, what's the most effective thing to do, who is the easiest person to contact, if it's HR, mm -hmm. if it's the person that works next to you, puts our uh, ideas forward. Yeah. So the most important thing is to, to take action. And then mm -hmm. I would say to go and look for partners, uh, even if it, yeah. they are in, uh, internal outsiders, Uh, other networks that were already created and I thought that it's amazing mm -hmm. because when we don't know exactly what to do we can mm -hmm. look uh, outside and there's always a group that is starting that already has a lot of experience and mm -hmm. there's always people that are uh, here to support us and at least nine hours at work yeah. um, and if you are an activist there's always something that you can do um, people say that they have no time. People say that they cannot join groups or go to protests. Or you don't have to do that. Um, you, you, of course, you will always do what's most comfortable for you. And sometimes that's just um, if you're sitting down with your parents uh, at at lunch or for, <laughs> if you're watching the news with them. And if you feel like something needs more context, or if you feel like you need to add something to that narrative, um, discuss the issues. Of course, people are, uh, as I was saying, um, you spend nine hours at work. And I really, I'm really impressed <laughs> with uh, your insights. And as a way to finish, is there any advice in general that you want to give to uh, our young listeners so that they can start having an impact right now? We could have not enjoyed it more. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Uh, Thank you so much.
So that is from uh, now, mm -hmm. from our side. And our yeah. next episode will be online on the 9th of October. Uh, if you have uh, questions or topic suggestions, reach us on our social media accounts. You'll mm -hmm. find us under the name Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Speak to you in two weeks. And until then, stay healthy and safe. Have their own mindset. They have their own ideas. But you also have your own. There's always something that you can say and you can be an activist within your own home. Um, you can bring it also to your workspace. Discuss some issues with your colleagues. See if they, for example, at recruitment, even know how to address a trans person. Of course, it, it doesn't work this way. You cannot just go to them randomly and say, do you know how to <laughs> speak to a trans person? But um, you'll see what's most um Uh, interesting in your case there's always something that you can do everywhere um some people when they are in the streets they like to call call out people who are littering um depends on uh, your style of uh, addressing people is but activism and impact is always done um with other people so if you don't want to join a group um speak with people uh, at your university speak to people at your work Uh, try to um, have a group of like-minded people who actually want to take action. And um, after you take action and you take ownership for the ideas that you want to implement and actually start implementing them, um, then more people will follow. Because people are always afraid to start, but if they see someone who's actually starting to do it, they will follow. So uh, sometimes we just need to put a step forward and, um, and see what happens from there. Because if we don't, nothing will happen for sure. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been asking you many questions today and yeah. now it's your, uh, your chance to turn things around. We are starting a new ritual where every guest in our podcast can ask one question about equality, diversity, inclusion, uh, anything that you'll be interested in hearing an, uh, another expert's opinion on. This will yeah. be then uh, answered by our next guests in the next episodes. So anything okay. you want to know? <laughs> yes, um, of course, as, a, as someone who's responsible for it in a company, um, there's always theories and things that we think about that we aren't sure if it will work, how it will work, if this is the right approach. And one of them is positive discrimination. For example, what we do um, ask ourselves, is positive discrimination really the best way to achieve gender balance, for example, in boards? Uh, is there any short-term solutions that are more appropriate to achieve this? And um, of course, it depends on um, the reality of each company. But positive discrimination is something that um, is very used. Um, but of course, it's still discrimination. So it, some people are not into the idea. But of course, it all depends on the context to apply it. But also... Um, What should diversity councils uh, focus on when we actually recover from COVID? Because it's going to be a very different environment than it was before. So um, how can we mo make the most of the pandemic, for example, when it comes to gender equality in companies? Uh, what can we start to implement? What is it that we can start to do? This is something that we try to think about every day uh, at the council and when we are starting to promote um, To, to think about new things to implement and how we can approach things. And I think it would be something interesting also for other people to, to think about. Thank you very much for sharing your time and valuable lessons with us. 